Welcome to the Recycle Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues from a mental health perspective. We are your hosts, Dr. Rashonda Strickland, Dr. LaFanya Jones-Hines, and Dr. Nichelle Wall. Now don't get it twisted. We're not going to be your stereotypical therapist. What we will be is informative, down to earth, a little spicy, and vulnerable. All right, interns, turn up your volume, grab your pen and paper. It's supervision time. As a reminder, this podcast is not meant to take the place of a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to session 98, Pretty Privilege. Today's mood music is Pretty Girl Rock by Carrie Hilson. Every time I think about this, I'm always so sad. <laughs> I know, but I start wiggling. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a cute song, though. It is. It is. I and like a video. video. <laughs> so I want to start off with the question. Is physical attractiveness valuable? Yes. Short answer. Okay. Si, senora. <laughs> Same here. And we're going to come back to why it's valuable in just a second. Privilege is a special right, advantage, or immunity granted or available only to a particular person or group. And pretty privilege is a person who has more opportunities and becomes more successful in life because of how attractive they are. Accurate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, why do you all say yes? It's valuable. That is valuable. Uh, I mean, I think the research is clear, (laughs) you know, that people that are considered to be more traditionally attractive get um, a pass. You know, they're often given more opportunities and not even necessarily opportunities just in um, like status. They're given more chances if they mess up. Yeah. They're given more access to things. Uh, they're forgiven much more frequently um, because, and people just want to be around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is true. So. Classic case is always Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm. I mean, we don't think he's attractive, but people thought he was mm-hmm. attractive, which they, that's why he got to hurt so many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Bundy as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just out here eating people, you know, when your face card doesn't fail, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, uh, you can get away with a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would agree. I think um, also when people want to be successful, you know, because some attractive people don't even have to be qualified to get the job, and Mm-mm. they get it. No, just because of their physical appearance. I agree mm-hmm. with that. Absolutely. Uh, some attractive people learn the game you know Mm -hmm. of course there are going to be some people that are traditionally attractive that just don't know how to move around (laughs) in social settings so they don't get some of those privileges um but for those that do know how to move around the game and use their attractiveness to their advantage absolutely they can uh you know on the 
female in, you know, ham it up on, you know, the cleavage or the mm-hmm. bodycon dress or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the way you wear your makeup or mm-hmm. however you style your hair, your body movements and how flirtatious you are. All of those things. Go. Batting your eyelashes. Yeah, mm-hmm. batting your eyelashes or the, the, the damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. All of those things play into your ability to manipulate, you know, and manipulation is not always used to hurt somebody else but it can be for game yeah in this case it would be for me to get what i want Mm -hmm. not necessarily to hurt you Mm -hmm. in that sense and i think it's something that is learned uh you know i think when children are pretty children are you know attractive children like their teeth even their teachers Mm -hmm. from pre from uh what is preschool Mm -hmm. you know they uh, tend to gravitate, teachers tend to gravitate to the more attractive children and, mm-hmm. yep. you know, build, boost and build them up from there. And so they, you know, develop that confidence mm-hmm. in uh, being able to approach people, communicate with people, be mm-hmm. charismatic, you know, and and learn the gift of gab, you know. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, it works. Yeah. Well, I can I can think of so many times where people are, oh, that little baby is so pretty or he's so handsome or all these things. And they be over there getting away with murder. Mm -hmm. It's like, so you you just not going to watch the kid because they cute. (laughs) Like (laughs) for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I think we're just kind of (laughs) hardwired that way, (laughs) you know, as, as particular to babies. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why we find big eyes and big heads, um, cute. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about all small creatures, mammals specifically, (laughs) you know, you think about puppies or bears or, uh, of course, humans, but everything, you know, small, big head, big eyes. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. that thing makes me want to take care of it. <laughs> Just go to a whole other place. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think, you know, part of that is we are hardwired to look for certain things mm-hmm. that bring out certain behavioral aspects of us to care for. And gravitate towards whatever this thing is. Yeah. Yeah. It may, and, and even and even with high school, like it's you probably don't have a, a lick of athleticism, but you might be the star <laughs> of the football team, basketball team, cheer, varsity cheerleader, mm-hmm. dance team, whatever it is. Yeah. But just because you well, maybe not the dance team, because <laughs> yeah, no. You're gonna look, you know, look yeah, that's quite real performance based. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can't hide so easily. Yeah, you know, you can't hide. But other sports and things you can hide because you can you can sit on the bench or you can just play another position mm-hmm. and just run up and down the field. Or class go. president, mm-hmm. homecoming queen, homecoming king. You rarely see it where it's like a, a truly good person, too. Mm-hmm. So although it's assumed, it's assumed that they be trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more attractive you are, the more intelligent you are, the nicer you are, mm-hmm. the more confident you are. You know, the, it's assumed yeah. that mm-hmm. that's the qualifications or the, the characteristics that those people have. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I agree with you. So I was thinking about what you guys were just saying. The question you were asking, you know, kind of about is um, attractiveness valuable or is pretty privilege valuable? Mm-hmm. I can't remember the specific wording. <laughs> um, but when I was researching part of what I was looking at, the thing that I found interesting is it talked about averageness Mm -hmm. and that 
it listed several qualities that are for facial attractiveness, not necessarily body composition. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is purely facial, Mm -hmm. um, that certain qualities were considered to be the ideal Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. actually the closer to average in facial structure you are, the more attractive you're considered to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, you know, if you have, less average looking features <laughs> those yes. are considered to be you know typically unattractive mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily the tens that people find mm-hmm. most attractive no they're exotic mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i hate that word mm-hmm. i can yeah. see that mm-hmm. yeah. so the one that i was reading they were talking about how facial dimensions are greater than body dimensions yep mm-hmm. and that uh, with it, with the face, it's the proportion mm-hmm. of the on the face. The yeah. symmetry. Mm, it's symmetry. It's both the size and the placement <laughs> of the facial features. Because yeah. if you do it, you walking. Around, you walking around like, <laughs> it's not gonna work out. And yeah. I'm saying that as somebody who got big eyes, and I have been like made fun of because my eyes are so big. So I understand. Mm-hmm. They like let me let me lessen them. <laughs> <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> no, don't lessen them. <laughs> but I've heard that so many times. Kind of what Dr. Strickland talked about a few sessions back about um the survival of the fittest type mm-hmm. of thing. Like look when you look at your partner and the attractiveness and mm-hmm. times of the month, how they look, you want them to look this way this time mm-hmm. of the month. It's very similar to that with pretty privilege, like that sy- symmetry, the yeah. whew, you can't be quasimodo out here. Mm-hmm. When you, that's exactly, yes. when, you, when you winked your eye, that was the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, huh, Quasimodo. <laughs> he had a beautiful spirit, though. He did, he did. He did, but he was traditionally unattractive. The cartoon and, and the real person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I agree with both of you guys about, you know, the facial features and how they're placed. Uh, one of the pieces of that research, they did um, some computer generalized um facial structure and they had a study in there about um, what are called chimeric features Mm -hmm. so basically that's when you take one side of the Mm -hmm. face and just mirror it to the other side Mm -hmm. that even chimeric images were not considered as attractive Mm -hmm. even though it's a direct you know copy of the other side of your face what they found was that if you just move the current face into a more symmetrical um Mm -hmm. you know pattern that that was considered to be more attractive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you if you do the mirroring one, I'm looking at you like, oh, so we cloning people now. <laughs> like, am I an iRobot? Like, that's what I'm mm-hmm. thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, that would creep me out because I would definitely be looking at it like. It doesn't look natural. Because mm-hmm. like when I see the new um, computer, not computer generated, but the, what do they call we going to call it a mannequin. I know that's not what it's called, but my brain moving slow. Those things that are coming out and they'll be at like airports or wherever. Mm. They scare me. <laughs> like the Sophia mm. one? Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like, ooh. Uh, and I think that goes to another part of the research that I found was uh, that goes with attractiveness was facial expression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, what we say about that socially. So I think that's what a lot of people find creepy about yeah. those types of AIs mm-hmm. is that they're trying to mimic facial structure and mm-hmm. facial movement. And they don't know how to move 
as naturally as a human face mm-hmm. can move. Yeah. You know, there's still a mechanical prop piece to yeah, it. It's like, <laughs> it's just bad. I'm sorry, y'all. I used to watch a lot of horror movies and those are the type of horror movies I would watch yeah. where the, the uh, robot's trying to get you or it's an mm-hmm. alien and a human body. Yeah. Nope. No sugar water over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, I was just I'm thinking about just kind of broadening that out about what we find attractive. Like if you even think about just animals in general, like we look for things that are beautiful. So, mm-hmm. you know, the male birds tend to be much more colorful yeah. and much more uh, vibrant while the, mm-hmm. tri- you know, typically the female birds are kind of the just plain Jane looking ones. Like the peacock. Like the peacock. <laughs> um, there's this one bird um, that looks for the color blue, which is actually very rare in nature. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough. But they look for the color blue. So, she, you know, she is looking to see like how blue his streak is and mm-hmm. how much blue he can gather in, you know, the nest area to determine whether he's mate worthy. Uh, so even, you know, pretty much all species look for certain mm-hmm. features, certain characteristics to be able to say, Yes. And that's that's interesting because I, I, it's very objective yeah. and we tend to um, seek people who we can, like you said, mate with to determine like, okay, is she going to be, you know, fertile enough? Is she attractive enough? Is, is her age? Like we look at all of those mm-hmm. things. And then for men, we look for different qualities that <laughs> will allow him to be like, okay, no, is he, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. is he, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I was going to say screwable. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to give me that love Jones. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, that, he gotta we make, need to review that. He got to make it jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fanny flutters. That's hilarious. You're gonna steal both of those. <laughs> I love it. So mm-hmm. no, but that is absolutely true. You know, and I think because we've gotten so far removed from kind of that primitive way mm-hmm. of living, uh, and we're really cushy as a species. And I know, yeah. of course. People struggle on different ranges, but in general, as a species, we live a pretty cushy life in comparison to what, you know, our way back ancestors did. Mm -hmm. So some of this stuff we just don't think about anymore, you know, about pheromones and, you Mm -hmm. know, um, all of this stuff. But it's still hardwired in us Mm -hmm. to behave this way. You know, we haven't evolved that far. Right. And and the thing about it is I've even thought about like... There, there can be an unattractive man that I see, but if you smell good, I'm sir, sir, excuse me, excuse mm-hmm. me, sir. What what is going mm-hmm. on with this smell? Yeah. You smell delicious. <laughs> you smell like my next husband. <laughs> I'm telling chocolate drop. <laughs> no, because he always smells wonderful. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I agree, definitely on that one. Okay. Um, I think also that you know we're talking about just kind of us as a in general. So part of what I was reading um, was about that individualized ideas of attractiveness mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. not necessarily as important as we think they are, mm-hmm, that we really do kind of have universal ideas of what is pretty, what is ugly. Yeah. And yeah, the, uh, specifically, they were talking about beauty is in the eye of the beholder mm. and how that's kind of really like a false narrative for the most part. It is. Um, 
because if you do, if you line people up, they're going to kind of regress to the mean. And for the most part, we're going to find the same sets of things, regardless of what culture you grew up in, mm-hmm. the same types of things attractive. Uh, and they, cause they were talking about like neck stretching and lip stretching and, um, you know, different types of scarring, how even if you engage in those behaviors, if you still look at the person's facial structure, mm-hmm. it still fits within what people consider to be attractive. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Cause if you think about all of the actors and even actresses that, um, we have identified as being attractive, it's like, yes. We all agree on Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yes. think mm-hmm. even the interns, you all agree with that too. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's sexy. Yes, he oozes it. We're not gonna go there. Let me, <laughs> let me come back. Let me come back. Yeah, I agree. But it reminds me of um, how so many people want tall men. We were just and, talking about uh-huh. that. In reality, if you think about that, that's still a pretty like old school thing like him being taller is saying maybe he's going to be more mm-hmm. he's going to be stronger he's going to be able to do certain things mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. i mean it is sexy no no i'm sorry but I'm sorry. you know look we was we were talking about that earlier and mm-hmm. i said well shorter women want taller men because he yes. can pick her up I'm, i i mean i've been picked up by <laughs> various heights <laughs> if we could zoom in on my face <laughs> At this point in the podcast, this would be one of those moments. I mean, don't be Because I don't understand. So if for the interns that don't know us personally, uh, I'm the tallest of the three of us. Yes. So it goes she may look shorter, one, but two, three, right? Um, as far as height level. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Dr. Jones Hines over here that I don't understand why <laughs> short women want men that are above six feet and i told her it's because they want to be picked up and i'm like if you're five foot a dude that's five seven can pick you up it's not the same it is the same the length of the arms six inches taller and than the you. length of the leg or seven or it's eight different. inches taller than you now i don't discriminate y'all know that i date them in all sizes but i also grew up with tall people I am literally one of the only short people in my family. Y'all know this. Mm-hmm. I got long extremities. <laughs> yeah, we always think you're taller. I know. I'm only 5'2", though, and a quarter. 5'2", and a quarter. But I think that's part of my reasoning is because I grew up with extremely tall people. Like, my grandfather's mm-hmm. tall. My dad is tall. Like, that was just mm-hmm. normal. Mm-hmm. But I date, as long as you're, you're a nice person and you're attractive to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I have dated my height and above, but I'm also tall for a woman. Traditionally, mm-hmm. uh, the average woman I think is five five and below. Uh, I think five six now. Is it five six now? Oh, I thought we do. Uh, and I'm a little over five eight, uh, which is tall for a woman. And I have long legs, so that makes me look like I'm six feet. Um, but I don't understand. I will never understand the five foot person and like the six, four person. Like, it's, I just don't understand. It's not, it's not for you to understand. I don't get that. <laughs> you but, don't understand short people problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't. There's a song about that. About short people problems? Short people got. Yeah, it's bad. 
Oh, okay. I sung it in choir. We digress because <laughs> I ain't never heard that. Yes. But, uh, you know, I think, yes, when we think about tall, though, just in general, that it communicates something about a person's genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, Strong genes. Which I think that's partially why people are getting taller. You know, mm. the, the average man height for a man has actually gone up mm-hmm. from when it used to be 5'9". Yeah. Um, I think now it's six foot, I believe now. Mm. But when you think about it, people who are taller actually have more bone issues. It's not actually... Mm-hmm always the healthiest option yes once you get to the extreme levels like you know six seven six eight seven Mm -hmm. feet yeah because a lot of uh basketball players end up having bone problems Mm -hmm. yeah or you know osteoporosis sets in knee problems joint problems you know i mean it's a lot to move a bigger body Mm -hmm. it is you know whether it's tall whether it's weight whether it's whatever so i can understand that and i think that talks about some of the physical consequences Mm -hmm. of attractiveness yeah because there Uh, are consequences right Mm -hmm. but the social consequence of that type of attractiveness is you are more desirable even though the physical consequences you may have more issues Mm -hmm. down the line Mm -hmm. but even with like an emotional or mental consequence too if you are an attractive person and you don't meet the standard of what people think Mm -hmm. then now it's like oh wait a minute you no, know, if you got like a bad attitude uh-huh. or mm-hmm. you got a bad yeah. attitude or you're not uh um competent in, you know, the job that you mm-hmm. got or, you know, whatever, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, uh, well, now it's now you become unattractive. Yes, you become yes. unattractive and you become uh I guess kind of isolated. I have heard that uh or I've read or listened to like, you know, Reddit posts and things mm-hmm. from people mm-hmm. that are what we would consider to be tens Mm -hmm. and they talk about that, how they actually are very lonely Mm -hmm. um, and find it very hard for people to take them seriously because that's what people generally leave with, Mm -hmm. um, with them is their looks and they just want to be connected to them because people like to be around attractive people, which Mm -hmm. means that attracts others Mm -hmm. and the ability to network and be involved is higher, which Ultimately, though, still leaves the super attractive person lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, when I, something that I was reading was um, this young man was saying, you know, he was a model, but, you know, I guess he was trying to retire or whatever. And he started getting jobs at like Abercrombie, uh, what's the other little hostler or something? Oh, Hollister. 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 I was like, who? I, I was thinking hustler, but I, I was like, no, that's a magazine. I don't shop in them little <laughs> Tina, Tina Bopper stores, but <laughs> but he was getting jobs like at stores like that. And he said he knew it was because he was attractive because he didn't even like really work in the store, like selling clothes. He was at the door greeting people. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, um, the thing about it is he, because he was being, he started feeling like he was being used. And so it started affecting mm-hmm. his worth. I can see that. Mm-hmm. That's a major part of what I read about the withdrawals of being pretty mm-hmm. or attractive. You know, you you don't know who's really there for you. You don't know if people are really seeing the true you. Mm-hmm. Um, prime example is like when you see a fine boy, you always be like, no, nah, he a player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He might not ever had a girlfriend. It's unlikely. Mm-hmm. But that is a possibility. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you, you do have a lot of preconceived notions. How do y'all feel ethnicity mm. plays a role in pretty privilege? Mm-hmm. So my 
initial assumption was that it was going to play a significant mm-hmm. role in Pretty Privilege, but I literally could not find a single article that said that ethnicity had anything specifically to do with attractiveness or prettiness. Gotcha. Um, everything I found said that when you, even when you account for race, as long as the person's face is still following, following all mm-hmm. of the criteria, they will still be considered to be attractive. Yeah. Now, I think when you add the intersection of behavior, mm-hmm. I do think it changes. But if you're just looking at a person and asking, is this person pretty? Mm -hmm. I don't think it really. It don't matter. Matters. Okay. And I would have had the same answer until I read. I didn't read that, but I did see an art, the same article with the young man. It was another art because this person was um, just identifying pretty people or what he considered to be pretty people. And in the article, it had a black woman with, she had a natural hairstyle mm-hmm. it wasn't in a fro but it was a natural hairstyle and she, i mean she was pretty but it was like dang okay so he does have a black person in this in mm-hmm. this article mm-hmm. so i was like well maybe ethnicity doesn't matter but i didn't yeah. i hadn't read i didn't read anything that said it well i think if we look back on history we realize that ethnicity ain't stopped nothing <laughs> i know Because that's how a lot of us got here. Mm -hmm. So ethnicity hasn't stopped anything, but it goes into more of what we're going to talk about next session is the value of the person. Mm -hmm. There you go. So you can be beautiful Mm -hmm. and I can want to do many things to you, Mm -hmm. but it does not mean that I want to claim you. Mm -hmm. There you go. And so that's, that's the problem. And I think that's where the big difference is. I don't think if you're, again, if you're just looking at a person Mm -hmm. You can think anybody is beautiful mm-hmm. or handsome, pretty, gorgeous, whatever, you know, descriptor you want to use. But again, your behavior may not necessarily fall in line because mm-hmm. of what you believe about <laughs> that person's ethnicity. Yeah. And the thing about it is once the behavior either meets your standard or it does not meet, if it does not meet your standard, it immediately changes. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. mm-mm. Nope. Um, and it, it could have been that that person had a bad day. It could have been that, that, that somebody mm-hmm. else uh, provoked whatever, you know, response or whatever, if it was a response. But it, it it immediately changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I think about um, men that get rejected, uh, when they go up to a woman or whatever, the first thing out of their mouth after that is normally, that's why you ugly, B. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't be too ugly. You came over here in the first time. There you go. But that is something like, like, Mm -hmm. you know, based off of them getting rejected, the behavior from the woman, it could be the sweetest rejection ever, but it's rejection nonetheless. Yeah. Now I got to get you. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, yeah. You know, I think behavior dictates a lot and everything is so um, intersectioned, Mm -hmm. you know, when you think about class Mm -hmm. and pretty privilege and uh, race slash ethnicity and mm-hmm. pretty privilege even though uh even privilege and pretty privilege right you know so there's a mm-hmm. lot of layers that mm-hmm. i don't think that people always dive into that it's not purely just how you look yeah um that it's how you look and 
where where neighborhood you come from Mm -hmm. it's how you look and uh how much yeah your socioeconomic status it's how you look and how you behave it's how you look and your career right Mm -hmm. so it's not just you walk into a room and (laughs) you're pretty and that's it yeah you know there's a lot of factors that go into what that's going to look like but if you're purely talking about attractiveness Mm -hmm. And you're not accounting for all those other variables, then yeah, attractive people tend to do better. But when you start accounting for all that other stuff, some of these other privileges actually take more precedent over attractiveness. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I, I also wonder, like, when you have a pretty person and you know you hire them for a particular position, like you, it's I wonder if it's difficult for them to be challenged with actual task. Because mm-hmm. it's only certain things I think you can do because you're just so pretty. You you can't have no intelligence. Mm. You can't, you know what I mean? Yeah, so you I, can't get dirty. You can't miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's too heavy for you. Or I think like that. that's a real thing. Yeah. yeah, I would say, yeah, absolutely. I would think so. And I would probably say, you know, um, harassment is not as, you know, mm. we have laws and things mm-hmm. for that now. Yep. But, you know. 30, 40 years ago and before, it was probably ain't no thing to get slapped on the behind or something highly inappropriate mm-hmm. being said to you. And, you know, you just got to take it because mm-hmm. that's just the flavor of the day. But I wonder how many people do take it because it's a tr- they're attractive. Because if it was someone that was unattractive, it would be a sexual harassment lawsuit. I have several clients mm-hmm. right now that have that debutante almost lifestyle Mm -hmm. um grew up in that type of community and because they grew up that way and they have that they are very you know refined very all these things externally they don't know how to stand up for themselves Mm -hmm. so they'll be people touching them or doing weird things to them or getting too close like i had one client who was touched by someone she's cool with like on her stomach Mm -hmm. and that's a very like private Mm -hmm. like yeah get out i'm Mm -hmm. getting mushed Mm -hmm. but um she didn't say nothing Mm -hmm. you know so it goes some of these things that are being taught about being this, mm-hmm. being attractive, being well put together, and this is how you should present to the world is also detrimental to, you know, the person, the psyche. You know, we were talking earlier about, you know, the uh, beauty pageant winner who uh, passed away, you know, who completed suicide. You know, people thought she had it all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she's bubbly, she's having fun. But people don't understand that's that's not how depression works. You right. can present any type of way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's another thing um, specifically to American culture. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to talk about because we live in America. Um, that that's something that's highly praised in our culture mm-hmm. is attractiveness i mean we have beauty pageants for Mm -hmm. the whole show (laughs) toddlers and tiaras you know the whole point of these pageants is for from infancy all the way up through Mm -hmm. miss america miss universe and one of them just completed Mm -hmm. one of the toddlers and tiara Mm -hmm. young lady Mm -hmm. and i was like oh and they all little brown people and i'm just like oh yeah it's very sad so you know it's praised heavily Mm -hmm in American society to be attractive 
and stay young, stay, um, especially for, I would say men are allowed to become distinguished. Mm-hmm. So as they get older, you know, turning gray and mm-hmm. salt and pepper, yes. you know, those things are not considered to be negatives mm-hmm. for men. I know. Um, yeah, sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But not for women. But I not know. for women. Graying, um, even getting crow's feet or wrinkles around the mm-hmm. eyes. You know, these are things that are considered to be aging, aging, but acceptable as a man gets older you mm-hmm. know like you said it's like oh look you got a little mm-hmm. okay you got a little mm-hmm. seasoning on you mm-hmm. yep but as a woman it's like oh you old hag why don't you go and do something why, about that why you, know you need some botox i can definitely appreciate uh nia long's interview mm-hmm. um I, I couldn't find exactly what she said but i know you know it, the sentiment was that you know she's aged gracefully mm-hmm. and you know she's still beautiful and she was saying how I appreciate the compliment, but y'all putting a lot of pressure on me to not age, mm-hmm. you know, and absolutely. And, and she's still beautiful, but you know, it's like, I can understand like, that's a lot of pressure when you're yeah. beautiful like that, mm-hmm. you know, because people is. are going to age. Well, it creates an unrealistic expectation exactly. for what people actually look like when they hit their fifties, sixties and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a supermodel and I'm going to forget her name. I want to say it's, Eva Evangeline, I can't remember name, but she had gotten um, some stuff done on her face Mm -hmm. and she had a adverse reaction Mm. Um, and she was saying, now I can't make money anymore because I I make money off of my face. Yeah. Mm. And just thinking about, you know, this woman was a supermodel, you know, back in the 80s, 90s, maybe even to the early 2000s. And now because her face doesn't look the way that it used to, her whole career is done. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? I was reading something about um, aging and they were saying how what happens to a pretty person when they age. Because mm-hmm. all these years, like you've gotten jobs based on your appearance. Yeah. You've uh, been a model. You've been an actor or actress, you know, like, and no one has given you any other opportunity to be uh, intelligent, to use yeah. your, you know, mm-hmm. intelligence or, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. now, now what do you do when you age? Yeah. You know, I think for a lot of people that are in that position, they get forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, people will still comment that you, especially if you're aging kind of like Nia Long and you still look you look age appropriate in a very nice way, mm-hmm. but I think you start to become forgotten. You know, people don't compliment you as much as they used to. Uh, and you start to be normalized a little bit. So I can imagine for somebody that has for so long been complimented and almost uh, pedestalized mm-hmm. that you have to find a new version of yourself. Like, who am I now Yeah, without this piece of me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would, you know, I would definitely say that pretty people, whether or not they're models, actors, actresses, athletes, whatever, they definitely, if they're using their beauty to climb the ladder, they definitely need to make sure they have something to fall back on Mm -hmm. because it, or they need to allow people to see them as an intelligent person, Mm -hmm. not just a pretty person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't want, so one of the things I don't want us to kind of skip over, Mm -hmm. uh, because we kind of touched on it a little bit, was ethnicity Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, 
pretty privilege and attractiveness. Yeah. Um, Cause I think colorism yeah. plays a huge role yeah. here. Um, not only colorism, featureism and texturism. Yeah. Um, I think play e- enormous roles here mm-hmm. uh, on what we specifically within the black community on what we find mm-hmm. attractive, you know, not necessarily society at large. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we've kind of been, push towards more Eurocentric uh, features. So Mm -hmm. if we have Mm -hmm. a looser texture of hair, um, if we have more King features, you know, a slender Mm -hmm. nose, you know, black people, we don't generally have a bridge Mm -hmm. um, like Caucasian people do. But if we have a a slimmer Mm -hmm. uh, profile here versus a much more uh, bunted Mm -hmm. uh, profile, if we have full but small, smaller mm-hmm. uh, lips, you know, I think some of that. And of course, if you have any other shade than brown of eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yes. None is, of us. <laughs> it's almost like a guarantee. It doesn't really matter what else you look like. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got some pretty eyes? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you get kind of reduced down to that. Because mm-hmm. I was watching this one lady on YouTube. She's a, a dark skinned black lady, but she has blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from a genetic anomaly mm-hmm. that she has. Mm-hmm. Um, in her family line and but her eyes are naturally blue Mm -hmm. and they are blue Blue. like (laughs) um but she was saying how when she was younger she hated it Mm -hmm. because it was like the only thing people wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about and the only thing people commented on Mm -hmm. um so you know i'm just thinking about you know how all of these other things play a role Mm -hmm. you know specifically within the black community on how we determine uh, attractiveness mm-hmm. I think it you see it a lot when you look at the music industry I think the music industry is a prime example of what attractiveness looks like in our culture and you know when you hear men and women say oh he got a type or he mm-hmm. she got a type or whatever the situation is a lot of times that is going towards those more Eurocentric features mm-hmm. and, you know, women that look ambiguous, men that are, you know, a certain look or, and with men, it, it goes back and forth. It's either they ambiguous or they midnight black, you know? Yes. Hollywood, you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of brown. <laughs> no, it's, it's not any of the in between uh, that is normally held up, but it's, it's, it's so sad to see that perpetuated over and over. Now, like what you like, we're not saying that, but it's just when it's like only this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The exclusion is the problem. Yeah. It's not that you have a preference. It's that when everybody jumps on the bandwagon and then it's like, nah, you ugly. Mm-hmm. Why am I ugly? Mm-hmm. Or why is this or why is that? Right. Um, I think I talk about this. A, it probably has been a year now. But like when I go to functions and events, I am literally the only black woman. Everybody else is Hispanic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know or caucasian yeah so i have my older relatives there mm-hmm. is of course is the younger because we live in america and if you come out you're black mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you <laughs> what you mix with in this country you're black um one drop rule <laughs> so but everybody in my age grouping is hispanic or um caucasian mm-hmm. so it can be kind of jarring 
is what I'll say. I mean, I I love my family regardless, but it's just like, mm, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think that some of that intermix, you mm-hmm. know, that intersection stuff that we were talking about mm-hmm. where we grew up, the types of friends that we had, our own um, social adeptness. Mm-hmm. So if you tend to be a little bit more shy mm-hmm. or you like things that are that don't fall within the norm, mm-hmm. then you're going to be surrounded by people that probably don't look like you. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as we like to think we're all these, you know, unique individuals, we really aren't. We all, for the most part, <laughs> follow some subculture. Yeah. You know, there is really, it's rare to be like, you are completely different than everybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, if you like... Insane Clown Posse, there's a whole juggalo movement, you know, and if you are, you know, a black person that likes that type of music, you're probably not the only one. So you're not Mm -hmm. as unique as you think you are. Mm -hmm. So, but I, but you will probably be surrounded by people that generally don't look like you. Yeah. Um, The same ways if you like, you know, Tejano, you're probably not going to be surrounded by most people that look like you or in the reverse. Mm-hmm. If you are a, a non-black person and you, you know, went to an all black school <laughs> or you went or grew up in a predominantly uh, Hispanic neighborhood, you're probably, you're going to likely like mm-hmm. things that are um, in proximity to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I think that's another thing about attractiveness and what we like is, mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the laws of attraction, one of them is proximity mm-hmm. yeah. and the closer you are to somebody, the more uh, attractive you tend to find them. Mm-hmm. So if I spend a lot of time with you, you start to look better to me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is more that individualized attractiveness, not that, you know, social attractiveness, yeah. but you know, if I'm spending every day and night and we just, <laughs> you know, studying together and all this kind of stuff and I start seeing your personality, all of a sudden your face start looking a little different to like, me. Let me squint my eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think that comes with you getting to know the person. Mm-hmm. And so now you're looking beyond physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. So I have a question for you, ladies. Sure. <laughs> like, I, like I like to do. <laughs> um, How has pretty privilege impacted y'all? never thought of myself as, <laughs> I was as having pretty privilege. I, I just like, always thought I had favor from God. <laughs> I will chop you in your neck. On you see this? I'm willing to record my violence that I'm about to let out of her. <laughs> I'm serious. I just I was like, ooh, look at God. That's all, that's mm. all I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never thought that I. I still don't think Mm-mm. that I have pretty privilege. I think I'm a very average looking person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we were going to rate ourselves, uh, I would probably be a five. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm very middle of the road. I don't have okay. um, it's in black community. I probably have a step up because I'm light skinned and I have, you know, that three B three C, uh, you know, four a hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so that probably would bump me to a six, <laughs> but you know, I don't think, so I've never thought of myself okay. in that way. Um, and even from body structure, I don't have what would be ideal mm-hmm. body structure wise. So I don't think I've ever received it from a 
pretty standpoint, mm-hmm. I probably have had more light skin privilege than gotcha. pretty privilege. I can agree with well, but I I never even looked at it as light skin again. It was favor from God. Mm-hmm. God gets all the glory. I'm going to fight you after, <laughs> after I turn off this camera. Uh, ironically, y'all, I agree with them because me growing up, I, I didn't see myself that way. I was nerdy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still nerdy. Um, I do agree with what Dr. Strickland said as far as, you know, being light skinned, you know, and I, I saw that firsthand because I grew up with one of my siblings who is darker complected. And he talked about, you know, how he felt, but he also had them beautiful like hazel eyes too, mm-hmm. you know, when we talking about attractiveness, uh-huh. um, shout out to Bubba. Uh, but I never really saw myself as pretty. I get how other people's perception of you mm-hmm comes out Mm -hmm. but I think when you grow up the way I grew up with my head kind of in books and playing by myself and Mm -hmm. things like that because me and my brother that I grew up with are 10 years apart so gotcha I wasn't really aware of that I didn't realize that there was a difference until people in my neighborhood started calling me snob from the hood now mind you we did not grow up in the hood so I don't even know why they said that (laughs) um but they used to say that and I was like what are you talking about you know like I couldn't I was more so stuck on why aren't they liking me like what did I do wrong yeah I didn't realize I was pretty I'm sure my mom and grandparents said things like that but we were more so about okay did you learn your lessons reading books like we were very much about mind Mm -hmm. we weren't about how you look and we were about practicing the things that you're interested in so I agree with you ladies it's not something that I was aware of I'm sure it's there so I'm not denying that but it was not something that I became aware of unless somebody said something to Mm -hmm. me yeah. You know, well, this is happening to you because you're pretty or this is happening co- to you because of this. And I'm like, what? Which is why I say mine has been more some of the other privileges because mm-hmm. something that I've always been commented on even now is my hair. Yeah. Like I'm too. always commented Me on too. how long my hair is <laughs> or how, you know, you have quote unquote good hair. Mm-hmm. Um you know, being part of the baby hair brigade, you know, like, <laughs> so like, yeah. if anything, that's probably been the one mm-hmm. thing that I've consistently ever been commented mm-hmm. on. Um, even when my hair was relaxed, you know, yeah. cause I've always had almost near waist length hair. Yeah. So same. That's probably the one thing that if I had to say was a pretty privilege for me, mm-hmm. it would be that, but not, like the facial, yeah, like facially or body structure mm-hmm. or anything like that. I didn't date a lot in high school. Yeah. I didn't date a lot in college. You know, as in my adulthood, I did more, well, but I had a lot of boyfriends in high school. <laughs> so, which is why I say I'm not right. traditionally an attractive person. I don't mm-hmm. think that I'm ugly, but I'm not a traditionally like, oh my God, you know, ain't nobody coming uh, running over to come say you so beautiful. No. Which so is okay. I, I'm so fine had, with that. But. I had people to tell me that I was pretty, but I, I never, I was a tomboy. So it was like, yeah, shut up. You know, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just kind of brushed off, but I've I always got complimented on my hair. 
mm-hmm. because I danced. And so when you're a majorette, you know, your hair, you, swinging. you swing in your hair and it's like, girl, your hair's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, Thank you. Appreciate you. you know, but I never took anything from that. And like I said, I'm light skinned too. So it's like, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I had the pretty privilege, I guess, from being light skinned with pretty hair and I could dance and I was smart. Yeah. Now I know our interns will probably have a different perception of us. I know mm-hmm. that. So it, whatever you think about us is your business, yeah. <laughs> but we're, you know, we're just saying what our experience mm-hmm. of living as ourselves has been. And it, it we really have not Mm-mm. Like I said, seen I, it. I just thought all of my blessings was from God. Yeah, and I will say I didn't gain a lot of this perspective until I was older. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was younger, I would not have even thought in these no. terms at all. I don't th- even think I knew these terms when I was younger. We I- grew up in eras where when nobody talking about this stuff. Right, right, right. <laughs> but when I think now that I know, you know, the idea of light skin mm-hmm. privilege and texturism and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and featureism. When I think back on some of my experiences now, I can yes. see where, yes. mm-hmm. oh, okay, that mm-hmm. was, they pushed me to the front because mm-hmm. I fit this narrative of being this light-skinned girl. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Um, but of course, as a young person, you know, I didn't know that. No. Um, so that's why I was saying I think I've had some other privilege mm-hmm. versus what we're specifically talking yeah. about. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. But it is what it is. You know, as you get older, you learn and you do different. You learn more. You know, I think you can maneuver around a mm-hmm. little bit differently now that you're more uh, intellectually aware yeah. of what these things mean and mm-hmm. how they interplay and how they are used in a social setting, in a work setting, mm-hmm. in a romantic setting. You can maneuver and do yeah. differently and do better. Because um, I definitely now, you know, depending on what the situation is, I question it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it. I don't, especially when it comes from the opposite sex. It's like, uh-uh, what's your agenda? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what you doing? Mm-hmm. What's, what's this? You know? So I, I definitely, I'm not real... Um, receptive depending on the situation so i don't take advantage of any Mm -hmm. situation because like i said at first it was just like oh this is but now it's like like you said now that i am aware of Mm -hmm. whatever privileges i may have mm, no it makes me wonder why we were all so oblivious to it because i don't think any of us are ugly you know but I don't know if that's because we were just very focused on the things that we needed to be focused on because life had a lot of life in going on. So I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it, we just had those type of parents that really were like, hey, these are the things that you need to be focusing on. Let's make sure we immerse you in it. I don't know what it was. I think for me, that's just not where I was like, I wasn't focused on it. Like I, my head was either in the books or on dancing. That or, mm-hmm. well, my father was a minister, so on God too. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so it's just like, I wasn't, I, that's not, I, cause like I said, I was a tomboy. So I wasn't even thinking about mm-hmm. that. Uh, I think, and I've talked about this on previous, several sessions previously. I was a very timid, like super mm-hmm. mousy person. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I would have not ever thought that about myself because I was super shy. I mean, I would cry at the drop of a hat. You could mm-hmm. look at me wrong and I would <laughs> take that personally. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't even been looking at me. Um, mm-hmm. So being super shy and timid, um, you know, very socially fearful, mm-hmm. um, I think played into that. Um, I moved being a military brat. We moved a lot. So I don't have like a home base where Mm -hmm. I grew up around these people. And these Mm -hmm. are my experiences with these people from this age all the way up. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any real like throwbacks that I can say Mm -hmm. this group treated me this way. Um, And as I got older, I was very okay with being the cool person. So that was always, you know, like out of the crazy, sexy, cool, I was always the cool. Mm-hmm. So I flitted around to different groups, mm-hmm. you know, very much as, as I got older, a social chameleon. Mm-hmm. So I think that also kept me from entering into some of that kind of pretty world because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, gotcha. I just didn't I didn't really fit in with any particular group. Yeah. And I think when I look at me. I was bullied for the majority of school, um, you know, and I also was very like, forget y'all. <laughs> so I was like, I needed to create my own world. That's why books are my best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, those people don't hurt you. Those people, um, you can read it over and over again. You get to go to different worlds and different other. Uh, different uh settings and environments so i found that to be a kinder place Mm -hmm. than the schoolyard so i think it's that i think it was also that i knew and observed that people couldn't be trusted Mm -hmm. and so because Mm -hmm. of that i just realized that i'm not really paying attention to anybody else so even when i was in dance and even when i was in you know all those extracurricular activities i looked at it as performance based i didn't look at it as anything else i was like i need to do a good job because i have said that i'm going to be part of this team or uh whatever and i really took on more of a nurturer role in every group i've ever been in I took took on the little sister role. I was cool with everybody. Like, it didn't matter what group you was in. I was just cool with everybody. Mm -hmm. So I was everybody's little sister because I was always, I was known as the good girl. Mm -hmm. I was like, appreciate you. Mm -hmm. I'm the good girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Very interesting stuff here. Yeah. But I think uh, pretty privilege is a real thing. Mm -hmm. You know, some people would say it's not, but I think it it is a real thing, but it's just layered. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not its own, on its own. So yeah. do y'all think that having privilege, pre, pretty privilege is a, a good, uh, I don't want to say good or bad, negative or positive? I think it has its pros and cons. Mm-hmm. There are benefits. Um, it can help you get your foot in the door, obviously. Uh, but also there are other stereotypes that pop up and yeah, people dumb. might think you're dumb. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Prime example, uh, dumb blondes. That's mm-hmm. literally what I was thinking. And it's thinking. like thinking uh, Anna Nicole Smith, mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe, and these yeah. women were intelligent, mm-hmm. you know. But they played it up so that they could get into the doors that they got into. You know, unfortunately, both of them passed incredibly early, probably due to some pretty privileged stuff. Yeah. So I just think it's pros and cons 
to both sides of that. Absolutely agree. All right. So y'all know that we normally end off with a quote. And if I can get to it. (laughs) Because it's a good one, y'all. This is one you're going to have to, you know, hit on your phone if you're looking on youtube you know how you can just tap 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 and they go back 30 seconds or whatever (laughs) this gonna be one of them quotes you might have to go back and listen to it a couple times so it really sink in um but like i said if i can get to it okay our ideas about love and attractiveness are so primal our need for belonging so intense that most of us are loath to abandon our favorite beliefs on these issues If you've ever let yourself feel lovable and lovely only to be deeply hurt, you may see accepting your own body as a setup for severe emotional wounding. And that is brought to you by Martha Beck. Must be this volume control. So, okay, interns, process your notes. Be sure to catch us next session and find us on all major platforms at The Recycled Podcast. If you're a new intern, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are shifting and reshaping our psyche through healing conversations and connections, one discussion at a time.